Hello, and welcome to Impact the Borough, a podcast from the Greensboro Chamber of Commerce. I'm Brent Christensen, the president and CEO of the Chamber. Each week, we'll highlight what we're doing to start and grow businesses, create quality jobs, and develop our workforce. We'll also check in with our community partners to share inspiring stories and important information from across our community. This podcast is brought to you by TrueLiant Federal Credit Union, a modern, mission-driven financial institution focused on the needs of its members, the businesses it serves, and our community. With five locations in Guilford County, including a dedicated commercial lending office at Friendly Center and a highly rated mobile banking app, TrueLiant makes it their business to help you grow yours. Visit TrueLiant.org for more information. Hi everyone, this is Cecilia Thompson, Executive Director of Action Greensboro. I'm excited today to introduce you to three 2021 Grammy nominees who are right here in Greensboro and talk about why that's significant and why Greensboro might be a hub for Grammy winners. Today we have Dominic Amendum, who has received a Grammy nomination for Best Musical Theater Album for Stephen Schwartz's new musical, Prince of Egypt. Dominic's nomination is for his role as producer on the cast album of Prince of Egypt. Welcome, Dominic. Great to be here. We also have two special nominees for the 2021 Music Educator Award that's presented by the Recording Academy and Grammy Museum. Brian McMath, welcome Brian, is currently in his 24th year as educator and 17th year as the director of bands at Northwest Guilford High School in Greensboro. While at Northwest Guilford, Brian's bands have received recognition for their growth, discipline, and individual member achievements. Members of the class bands, both the concert band, symphonic band, and wind ensemble are consistently chosen for various all-county, all-district, and honor bands across the state. At least 30 alumni from Brian's programs are now music educators or they're pursuing careers in music education, so passing along that gift. I'm also excited to welcome Donnie Walter, who's the director of orchestras at Northwest Guilford High School and Northwest Guilford Middle School. Also, he's the orchestra section chair for the North Carolina Music Educators Association. While at Northwest schools, Mr. Walter has doubled the enrollment in the middle school orchestra program and increased enrollment to more than 90 in the high school program. As a uh, product of band and orchestra as a child, I um, honor you and I'm excited to chat with you and the impact that you make on, on students' lives and adults' lives all over. So um, I wanna kick off this conversation about Greensboro and the Grammys. And is there something interesting and sticky about Greensboro as a producer of music talent? And it brings me back to this article um, that I read many years ago. It is an article in 2014 by Richard Florida, who is a writer and researcher and economist. And he wrote this piece called The Narrow Geography of the Grammy Awards. And it looked at cities across the United States and where Grammy winners and Grammy nominees were coming from. And it was interesting because there's sort of these traditional cities that you think about as places where Grammy nominees live. They live in New York, they live in LA, um, and they live in Nashville um, even more and more lately from pop music to country music. And one of the things that Richard Florida looked at was where Grammy nominees are per capita across the country. So per million people, um, where, where do these folks live? And so when he looked at the geography across the country and recognized that some 
um, talent, music talent was moving. So uh, Taylor Swift grew up in a small town in Pennsylvania and um, Macklemore I think was from Seattle but then relocated to LA. Um, there's sort of this transient nature of where people grow up um, and where they're educated and then where they end up sort of grow their careers. But there's also kind of smaller hubs where music is, um, is thriving. And so when Richard Florida looked at per capita, per capita um, I thought this was really interesting. He said that um, pop music's more spread out geography um, becomes clear when we track the location of artists and acts on a per capita basis, comparing top honors to population of the entire metro area. Now, if you look at it per capita, Nashville far out from Los Angeles with the equivalent of 9.2 Grammy nominations per million residents. And surprisingly, um, he looked at other smaller metros that outperformed Los Angeles and found that Memphis, Auckland and Greensboro, North Carolina was on that list. Um, so that equated to 1.9 uh, nominees uh, per million residents. So when I read that article in 14, I was like, there's something to this and it's been in my head for a while. And then when I noticed that we had three nominees this year, I thought, let's have a conversation and dig a little deeper into this. So my first question for you guys is, um, does this information from 2014 surprise you? Um, and if so, why? And if it doesn't surprise you, why not? So uh, let's start with Brian. Um, it, the information kind of surprises me to a degree when you first hear about it because it's not something I would readily take on as being um, out there and sort of prevalent to my world and what I think of as far as music education. Um, it doesn't surprise me because I do know my alma mater, UNCG, um, like everyone else here, you know, has an incredible school of music and it has for many, many, many decades. Um, and I think it's just continuing to grow and is sought after by a lot of people for performing or education or theater, uh, things of that nature. So it doesn't surprise me of what it's cultivating. Um, it's just nice, I guess, now to think that it's being recognized on the national stage in a different way um, with something everybody knows about, which is the Grammy title. Yeah, so following up with that, UNCG was just announced on January 4th their school of music was ranked number one in the 20 best colleges for music in 2020. So UNCG's history of doing wonderful things with music has gone on for a long time and is receiving recognition nationally, which, you know, it's really cool to know that you picked the right school to, to go to. Well, and that's, I would just dovetail off that to say that having a program like that in, in our backyard um, that's been so strong for so long just breeds a, a great musical culture around the city of Greensboro. So I don't think it's a surprise that there's great music happening here given, given this amazing training program in our backyard. Um, I'd also say when it comes to recording, you know, those, those three big centers, New York, LA, Nashville had the infrastructure to support um, recording and recording artists and that you know they had all the great studios they they had all the great engineers and producers were all kind of uh, based in these places and over the last really 10 years what's changed is that every, anyone with a laptop and a decent mic um, can make great music uh, so we've seen just kind of a diversification of what people can do and there are fantastic bands who are recording in their living room in a, in a cabin in the mountains um, and 
and turning out great music. So I think the necessity to live in one of these big centers is not, um, it's not there as much as it used to be 10, 10 years or more ago. Dominic, I think that's so interesting to think about accessibility to recording uh, technology right now. And, and that could be something of the future that Greensboro capitalizes on. It's how do we make sure that retaining um, the great talent that's coming out of our music programs, um, but also can we be a place that can attract music talent because of our scene here, because of the culture, but of also because of just, I think the overwhelming sort of benefits of living in Greensboro, right? Great quality of life, uh, low cost of living, et cetera. So um, it gets my my gears turning a little bit about um, what, what we could build on in the future to make it even a bigger um, hub for Grammy, Grammy winners. Absolutely. Um, so I wanna shift gears and talk to you a little about um, your nominations. Um, and I wanna start with Brian and Donnie. I, I wanna congratulate you again um, for this special honor. I think it's really significant that um, just 10 music educators from 10 cities across the eight states um, were advanced to this final round for a music educator award. Um, and they said 10 cities, but actually that represents uh, two cities within the county of, of Guilford County. Um, and that you are both um, working within Guilford County schools, which I think is um, so amazing and a dedication to our public school system and, and the children that um, are in your programs. And so, um, you know, I'll start with you, Donnie. What does this um, recognition mean to you? And um, can you share a little about, about what you're feeling right now? Well, it's, it's absolutely fantastic. You know, I, I never thought in my life I would be nominated for a Grammy Award. Um, so it's, it's really flattering. You know, it's, it's reinforcing that what I'm doing is going well. And of course, even though our names are on it, we have a, a, a big support network which helps us out. The, the students, the, the families, the schools that we work at, um, and our own personal families, you know, supporting us doing all of these things. And so it's, it feels great to be recognized for this. It's also a responsibility. Now we got to live up to it. <laughs> if we've been named that we're in the, the top 10 in the country for something, well, we better actually prove that we know what we're doing. Brian? Absolutely. And, and Brian, I, I also want to mention that there was nearly 2,000 nominations from 50 states. And so, um, you know, when you think about, oh, there was 10 selected, how many were, were nominated? Um, you guys are really the, the, the cream at the top um, in terms of those uh, 2,000 nominations. And so, Brian, what does this mean to you? Uh, usually, I'm someone, I think, that has a lot of words to say. At least that's what I'm told by people. Um, and this is very much, I'm still in disbelief. Um, you know, number one, I was extremely honored to be nominated. And then we went to quarterfinalists and I was like, okay, that's phenomenal. 250 out of 2000, that's incredible. And then it went to semifinalists and it's where you start shaking and you're nervous and it's a, just a total of disbelief. Um, and then when Donnie and I both ended up getting the call um, that we were finalists in December, I still don't have the words for it. You know, I'm ecstatic. It's I'm humbled that people um, validate what I'm doing and believe in what I'm doing. Um, I think it's an amazing kind of justification or recognition for, as Donnie said, our kids, but especially our community. Um, I know that the arts community in Northwest Greensboro is amazing. So the fact that we're we are two educators from the same state is a big deal, but then we're also from the same county. 
but some people start to forget we are at the same school and we teach together and have for, I don't even know how many years now, Donnie, that we've literally taught together, uh, 14 years. Um, so, and we've, we've done a lot of things of vertical team alignment between the two of us, concerts together, supporting each other, hosting festivals together. Um, so it's a great friendship, but it's also a, an incredible colleague situation, uh, which I know I'm very fortunate to have. Yeah, absolutely. Getting to Northwest High School, I, I got to the Northwest schools a couple of years after Brian. So he had already started laying the groundwork. And then for the first nine years, I was at the middle school only teaching both orchestra and band. Um, and then in the past five years, I've switched to teaching orchestra between the middle school and the high school. And Brian has been a great colleague that whole time and really done a fantastic job leading the music department and the arts department at Northwest. So we, we often kid around that Northwest should be the Northwest School of the Arts. I like it. I like it. And we have uh, another magnet school for the arts. And so in addition to the great work that you guys are doing, um, there's also the Weaver Academy. And so um, I think it really makes this community stand out as a place that recognizes and supports um, arts education um, and the development of, um, of music in, in our school system and I think in our in our overall culture. So it's a it's a place to visit um, or move to if you're interested in that kind of thing. Um, so I want to shift over to Dominic, who um, is on staff at UNCG, um, but also is nominated this year for his, um, his contribution to the Prince of Egypt. And so um, you mentioned that you were working as music supervisor and arranger when Prince of Egypt opened um, in the Dominion Theater in London's West End on February the 25th, 2020, um, which is all sort of a date that um, we can resonate with all around the world right before everything shut down. Um, so Dom, can you tell us about the Prince of Egypt and can you talk about sort of that opening night and probably just the forthcoming wave of changes as the virus hit and um, how that's impacted you and, and the show. Yeah, well, you know, like most shows that I work on, uh, Prince of Egypt went through a really long development process. So I, the opening in London was the culmination of about seven years of development on the show. Uh, we did the first reading of the show, um, I guess it was about six years. Um, uh, at Bay Street Theater uh, out uh, in the Hamptons, and um, then did various readings in New York and productions in California and Denmark and various places to kind of try out the show uh, out of the, um, you know, the spotlight of, of, uh, of large press outlets and things like that. And so to finally get to open the kind of definitive production of the show after that much time and that much, uh, you know, blood, sweat and tears, uh, quite literally in, in some cases, um, is just a tremendous honor. Um, also to work on that particular show, people have such a relationship with the animated feature film um, and the just incredible epic score that accompanied it. And um, to work with Stephen Schwartz, of course, it, it was just really a, a highlight of my professional career for sure. Um, and so, you know, it's a huge relief to get a show open. It's a huge, um, after many months of hard rehearsals, and in this case, recording a cast album, uh, to finally get to that opening night is just a great, uh, great relief and, and great source of pride. And then, of course, um, a few weeks later, uh, to have your show close along with every other show uh, around the world, 
um, pretty much was uh, an experience uh, kind of at the other end of the emotional spectrum, I would say. Um, and so, you know, we've all dealt with the closing of the show um, as best we can. We have an amazing group of producers who plan to open the show back up when it's safe to do so in London. Um, and so the cast has been keeping in touch. We have regular Zoom check-ins. Um, our amazing music director in London has been sending them little review practice tracks and things to keep them up on the music. And, you know, so we're all kind of biding our time um, as we wait to see when the show can come back. Uh, it was a special kind of disappointment to open a show and then just a, a few weeks later have it um, have to close in that way. But I would say one of the greatest things we did was recording this this cast album that that is now nominated. Um, we did it much earlier in the process than you usually do for a musical. At that time, we didn't know how uh, wonderful that would turn out to be because had we not done it when we did it, it would not have been done. Uh, so to walk away from the show with this cast album that now gets this recognition is so great because it is the cast album is still out there for people to listen to even though the show isn't. That's a good plug for listeners to um, find find the cast album and listen to it and 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 resonate with the fact that a, a Greensboro resident um, had a big role um, in that album. Um, Dominic, in thinking about sort of your start at UNCG and the journey that you got to this nomination, what what is this? Uh, what does the recognition mean to you? Yeah, well, I, I mean, as as Brian and Donnie said, it's incredibly humbling. It's incredibly exciting. Um, I I knew the day the nominations were coming out. I, the only person I had uh, breathed a word of it to was my wife, and. Um, Otherwise, I, I was sitting here in my office at the university alone, watching the live stream, just kind of wondering, like, is, is it going to happen? And, you know, so it, it's exciting. It's, it's humbling. It's something that I, you know, didn't really imagine would happen. I don't think you, you don't do the work because you're hoping for a nomination. And I, I'm sure the same is true for Donnie and Brian. You do the work because you love it. In their case, you, you love educa educating these kids. Um, you know, you, you do it because of your passion. So to have a recognition like this is just so kind of the icing on the cake. Um, I would also say for me, I've worked in theater now for a long time. And so, you know, the Tony Awards are a big deal, but my training and my background is as a musician. So to be, to be honored with a, with a nomination for an award that specifically speaks to the music industry is just a, a, a tremendous honor. That's a great point. Well, when you're nominated for a Tony, we'll have another podcast. <laughs> please, please do. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I want to go back to sort of this piece around the connection between um, Greensboro and the Grammys. And and Brian, I want to ask you, you, you know, you mentioned your tenure at Northwest. Um, I think with this recognition, you could probably choose to teach um, wherever you wanted to. You could go to a, a fancy private boarding school. You could um, you know, go to any, any county um, across the country. Um, what makes Guilford County special and, and what keeps you here? What's kept you here, I would say, um, in your tenure at Northwest? Um, for me, I mean, I grew up not too far from here. Uh, so I'm sort of a local boy in North Carolina, you know, born and bred, so it's home. Um, and it's important to me for that. Um, I, I never looked at really traveling far, far away or to the most, you know, prestigious schools with the most money and the most support of those areas. Um, my goal was always to want to build something and not take over something. 
um, I wanted to, I wanted to kind of leave my own mark, so to speak. Um, and being close to home, that's always allowed my parents to participate in every concert and every trip and every competition that my kids have ever taken. And they've been extremely supportive of that. Um, you know, I, when I got to Northwest, it was kind of a big goal because I knew of the program uh, that Tommy Smith started and, and built for 20 some years before I ever got there. And I wanted to bring it new into, you know, an, another era and another decade with what we're looking at doing and I wanted to inspire. So Greensboro is home because I went to school here, of course, but it's, you know, it has so much theater, it has so much music, it is such an arts advocate environment to be in. Um, you know, my kids could be a part of anything they wanted to and with the School of Music and all the in places around, they can, they can get private lessons, uh, they can get extra training. You know, it's ju it just breeds itself, uh, which is what has made me stay here for all of those options with the amazing community support um, that my school particularly, I feel like it has. Um, I know our parents would move heaven and earth and any mountain in our way to get these kids what they need to be successful because that's all we care about. Um, so that's really why I've stayed. I think that's a really good point that you make. And, and, and from your position, I think it's um, particularly interesting. People who we talk to that are really talented like yourself often talk about Greensboro is a place where they can create something. They can build um, something that, they, that they're passionate about that they know will make an impact on the community rather than maybe moving to a larger metro area and sort of taking over someone's um, legacy to continue. It's really about creating your own thing. And so um, I think that's special. I think the other piece that you mentioned that I hadn't thought about was um, the connection between the students in public schools and UNCG's music program or, or North Carolina A&T or other music programs um, from our seven colleges and universities. You know, growing up in a college town and, and being in the band and the orchestra, I had lessons from college students that were, um, you know, were majoring in music and playing the same instrument or um, was involved in the music program at the University of Florida. And so I think that's such an important tie um, and something that I'm thrilled to hear that that connection exists um, here. Um, so Dominic, I, I want to hear from you about, you know, your role as um, a member of the Center for Visual and Performing Arts and the coordinator of the music theater program at UNCG. Um, but I also am curious because you are a boomerang. Uh, we call people boomerangs who have been in Greensboro for a point in time. You went to UNCG, you left and you came back. Um, we love boomerangs. We want more of them. Um, that'll be another podcast about boomerangs later this year. Um, so can you talk about what you're doing here in Greensboro and why you came back and what makes it a special place for you. Yeah, well, the training I got at UNCG is such a big part of um, the career I had and, and the success I found when I moved to New York um, and the work I was able to do. So I've always been passionate about giving back to the university and giving back to this community that, that really was such a big part of my development um, my family, uh, much of my family is in North Carolina in the, in the Charlotte area. So it was also a bit of a homecoming for me to get to come back closer to, to my parents and, and my siblings. Um, but, you know, the, I think the big thing was both what was already here, this tremendous school of music and theater and the, the, within the College of Visual and Performing Arts, but then also the, the possibility of what there could be. You know, Brian spoke about wanting to build something. And that really resonates with me because I always 
as someone who went into musical theater, I always looked back at UNCG and wondered why isn't there a musical theater course of study at UNCG? There's this amazing school of music and amazing school of theater and dance and you know all, all of these fantastic pillars and the, the discipline that really sits in the middle of all of that wasn't really represented here. And so I always had a passion and a kind of just what if, um, you know, wh why couldn't UNCG have a leading musical theater program? Um, and so that was a huge draw for me to get to come here and, and build on what I knew from the industry and create something here, a training program here that really responds to what's happening in the industry right now. And, um, you know, I was lucky enough to, to cast Broadway shows for, you know, 15 years in New York City. So to, to take what I learned from those audition rooms and look at the programs that are providing great training around the country and see why, and then be able to uh, incorporate bits and pieces of all of that in our training program here, that was just a huge draw to me. Um, so we're, you know, we're currently auditioning our third group of musical theater majors. We've been adding a, a class each year. Um, and our we're at a point now where our acceptance rate is under 4%. We have so much interest in the program. Um, so we're, we're just seeing a really tremendous amount of auditions, really, really talented people. Our reach is, last year we saw students from 26 states auditioned for us and we're, we're on track to see a good bit more than that this year. Um, and the word is out, you know, and so that's really exciting to have to have come here at the right time and receive the support that the university has given to this new program. Uh, it's really just a culmination of, of everything I'd kind of hoped it would be. And you have brought um, your wife and, and, and had two children here. Um, yeah, yeah. Is there something special about Greensboro sort of outside of, sort of your professional world well, that you enjoy? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and also, you know, I lived in New York City for 16 years. And um, I, I don't make any, um, I love New York City, but I don't make any um, apology or secret of the fact that I was ready to not live in New York City at a certain point in my professional career and more than that in my personal life. And um, so, yeah, we have uh, uh, Marco and Caroline both go to UNCG. They're five and two, but they attend the UNCG uh, Child Care Education Program, Child Development Center here. So they are moments away from my, from my office. And um, my wife has been lucky to work from home and keep the job that she had when we were in the Northeast. So it was really just a great, you know, as we looked at places that we wanted to raise a family, um, a big part of that was looking at for places that had a, had a presence of the arts, had good restaurants. You know, we were, we were living in New York City. So we wanted a place that we, that we felt could kind of support things of what we loved about living in a big city, but not living in a huge city anymore. I love that. Um, and I think that, you know, if your children need to um, go into the arts, uh, they can go to Northwest. I, I know that now. For sure. <laughs> you know the track now. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> um, well, shifting back over to, to Gilbert County Schools, um, Donnie, something that I wondered when I was hearing about um, the impact that you and, and Brian are making um, in, the, in the programs that you work on is our listeners, our residents, their business leaders, um, how can we support your programs and, and music at, at Guilford County Schools? Sure, so I think there are a couple of ways to support us. When things return back to, to normal or whatever the new normal is when we level off, uh, reach out to the local schools and see when productions are, when we're having concerts or dance performances or, or anything like that and, and come out and watch. Most of us 
have uh, performances that are free and open to the public. And we would love to have community members come and, and create connections. Uh, if you have money to donate, all of us will gladly accept donations. And partnerships are a wonderful thing. We have many schools in the county which are doing great things and all have their own different flavors. Whether it's our arts magnets at Weaver Academy or Penn Griffin or any of the traditional high schools or middle schools, all of the directors are doing something that is interesting and would really benefit uh, community members getting involved and community businesses getting involved in a way that would help both things that would help the program. We've had a wonderful relationship with Moore Music Company in downtown Greensboro in supporting the orchestra festival that Brian and I put on. We put on a statewide orchestra festival every year, of course, not this year, but in other years. And Moore Music has been a sponsor. And we, of course, we want to recognize what they've done for us um, in helping us put on this festival. So just looking for connections. It's something which the businesses can say, wow, look at this great thing we're supporting, and we will be very thankful to have the support. Awesome. And I know that More Music is a great um, chamber member also. So um, they're a, a good community business all around. Um, I see them on my, my route to work every day um, on Market Street. So um, thanks for giving them a plug also. Um, so I have one last question um, for you, but I wanted to hold it just in case you had something that you wanted to share on this podcast, whether it was something we missed in the conversation or there are keyboards on the screen. So I, I'm just going to open it up to see if there's anything that um, anyone wants to share uh, verbally or musically. I'll let Dominic play you a song. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I would I would love to just say, you know, kind of dovetailing off what Donnie just said, the art sector has been hit really hard over this last year, as, as we all know. Um, and sadly, just because of the the, um, you know, the inherent risks that are are uh, part of this strange world we're all living in right now, when it comes to sitting in an audience and singing live and you know all, all playing instruments all of these things that we rely on the art sector will be one of the last things to bounce back so i would just encourage your listeners to um to think about uh, any opportunity to support the arts um and i I'm, I'm hopeful that we can see a a groundswell of support when things get back to normal um because a, a number of arts organizations will really need it. Um, schools, theaters, orchestras, you name it. Uh, everyone is gonna need support to get back going. And the arts are a tremendous financial boom for, for an economy. And that's, you know, I, I don't feel like we're talking about that enough as a culture, we're supporting other industries and ignoring the arts, which typically uh, contribute a, a much higher dollar amount to, to uh, a, a city. So I, I just hope that we can start to turn the conversation a little bit more to how we help these organizations that are gonna be in such dire need of support as we turn the corner here, hopefully this, this summer. I think that's, that's a great my, point. That's my little, uh, I'll, I'll get off my soapbox now, but I, I think about this a lot. <laughs> no, I'm glad that you did. And I think it, um, 
is so important to have that conversation right now between, um, you know, Tanger Center has been delayed and the Tried Stage and the Symphony. And so many of our small arts organizations have really been hit by not having attendees um, and not having um, their fans come and, and participate. And so uh, Art Screensboro has done a great job of providing um, artist grant um, relief funds um, to these small organizations. And I know that they're raising more money to make sure that when we get on the other side of this, we have um, the same number of, of our organizations that can um, really provide so much color to our community um, and to all of our individual lives. I'll also mention that they produced a report um, about the annual impact, economic impact of arts in the community. And it really is tremendous in terms of what um, you all bring um, as artists and, and those that support all of the or art organizations they bring to our community. So I think that's a great point. Um, so I wanna ask you um, finally each, um, how can we watch the Grammys um, and how will you be watching the Grammys um, and when are they? So Donnie, you had mentioned the date, tell us the date. Yes, so the Grammys have been pushed back to March 14th. Uh, they'll be broadcast on CBS. And I plan to be surrounded by my family and we'll watch and see how it goes. And what time is it? Did you say that? Uh, I don't know that, but okay. I'll look it up. Okay. Brian, how will you be watching? Um, I'm sure I will be watching, you know, TV at home, friends, family, um, you know, we don't know if we'll be there. So <laughs> we haven't found that out. That would be a great thing, right? Um, but I'll definitely be watching uh, regardless. It sounds like it's March the 14th at 9 p.m. on CBS. All right, so, and I'm sure that your students will also hopefully be watching um, maybe on their own or in a, a Zoom room together. Uh, I would like to think so, yes. Yeah, absolutely. I'm sure they're rooting for both of you. Dominic, how will you be watching? Uh, I'm going to be at home too. I, you know, I don't think, uh, I suspect that there won't be trips to LA to, uh, for Grammy viewing in, in, uh, in my future. And so, uh, be, be at home, uh, just, you know, crossing my fingers and, uh, seeing how it goes. Well, we will all um, join you on the 14th of March at 9 p.m. to watch the Grammys um, and root for Greensboro's Grammy nominees. Um, I'm really thrilled to have the three of you join me today to talk about Greensboro as a place that incubates music talent um, and that brings back music talent as boomerangs back to our community. Um, and is a special place, not only for those that um, love the arts, um, but want to, to have a thriving arts community for our children um, and for our community at large. And so um, thank you. I, I think that we're not surprised now that Greensboro was um, per capita on the list as, as hub for music and, and Grammy nominees. And so uh, we'll see you uh, virtually um, and you're on, your, on the screen on March the 14th at 9 p.m. CBS on this year's Grammy Awards. This podcast is brought to you by Truliant Federal Credit Union, a modern mission-driven financial institution focused on the needs of its members, the businesses it serves, and our community. With five locations in Guilford County, including a dedicated commercial lending office at Friendly Center and a highly rated mobile banking app, Truliant makes it their business to help you grow yours. Visit truliant.org for more information. You can find all of our episodes on YouTube thanks to our video sponsor, North State. 
make sure to subscribe so you'll get new episodes delivered to your device each week. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at GSO Chamber. See you next time. Thank you.